And so, hey, we want to give a couple shout-outs. We have people that watch uh, from South Carolina, from Missouri, from Iowa, from Nebraska, Montana, Oregon, California, and upstate New York. Can you give them a shout-out today? God bless you. Thank you for tuning in each and every week. We're so... We're, we just appreciate We're humbled, and we thank you so much, uh, those of you uh, who tune in and watch. And we got people that just, in Florida, we got them from all over the country that watch. I think it's like 17 or 18 different states. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for tuning in. We're, again, we appreciate it. Uh, the church, the church, the assembly, the congregation, the, the gathering, that's what the church uh, means, and hopefully that's what the church is. The church needs to be a place where we can get uh, locked in, where we can get tuned in uh, with the only agenda uh, as uh, pursuing Jesus together. That's, that's, that's our call. That's our agenda. Now, different things develop. We'll be uh, instructing. We'll be teaching, preaching, those type of things. We'll be evangelizing. We'll be knocking on doors or telling people about Jesus. But the gathering together is really about us learning and growing in our Christ-like walk, that our main and focus, our main agenda is that we chase after Jesus. And so if you're here today and maybe from a different uh, religious background or a mainline denomination or organization, uh, you're welcome because we're all in this together. It's not about a religion. It's all about a relationship, and we, we become Christ followers together. Amen? All right, so uh, we're going to, we're in our third part of the church sermon series about the church. And two weeks ago, I spoke on uh, Peter's uh, denial of Christ as maybe that being a prelude to the church, the being a prelude to kind of what, what church is like. Uh, there you are. I, I was missing you up here, honey, but my wife's back there. She's on the sound right now because our sound person had to go to a football game. Uh, Child football game. Anyways, but but the church, so the church, uh, Peter had to go through some denial so that he could learn what it's like to be restored. And I think uh, the Lord allowed that to happen because remember, Jesus said, Peter, Simon wishes to have you. But I've prayed for you. He didn't say I've stopped him. I've prayed for you. So he, he kind of needed to go through that so we could feel like what restoration looks like. Peter could understand it. Because then when pre Peter writes First and Second Peter, it's a whole different ballgame. Now it's like he's full of grace and he's full of uh, uh, nurturing, okay? This is what the church needs to be about. Full of grace and full of nurturing and full of just, doesn't mean, again, doesn't mean that instruction, doesn't mean correction is not going to take place. You love your kids, but you might have to correct them, right? You might have to instruct them. You might have to show them different ways. So in the last week, uh, Rick Ross was with us, did a great job on just the still moments. And then today we'll talk about what probably is mostly looked at as the birth of the church and some of the after effects. So we're going to go to Acts, the second chapter. We will read uh, 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We know it's blessed. We know it's anointed. So we just pray now you open our hearts uh, to receive 
our ears to hear, our spiritual eyes to see those things that you have in store for us. Thank you once again for those families who dedicated their babies today, how precious that is. You said, suffer the little children to come unto you for such is the kingdom of God, and we witnessed the kingdom of God this morning within those kids and those homes. Now bless our people today. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Praise God. So there, anytime you, if you're looking at organization, if you're looking at relationships, if you're looking at um, churches, if you're looking at any type of co-op, things that work together, a husband and a wife in a marriage scenario, a church uh, maybe being birthed or growing, an organization, maybe someone has a, a business idea uh, of some nature. Anytime you have that, you have a moment. There's a moment that takes place. And I'm going to give you uh, several words today that I think will help us, not only as a church, but it might help you in a relationship. It might help you in a, uh, in a um, organization or maybe you have a business idea or training background. But there's, there's this moment that takes place in all of our life. I, I know I can tell you the first time I saw uh, uh, Janie, Annette Jordan, my future wife, and there was just, there was a moment there. I'm not going to say it was love at first sight. I'm not going to say I knew I was going to marry her, but there, there was a moment there. It, hundreds of people may walk by or hundreds of ideas might pass your brain. But all of a sudden, there's this moment that takes place. And I think the church world needs to have more moments with God. I think it's incumbent upon us to understand that God is in charge. And I like that idea of the blessing. He's like everywhere. He's with us, okay? He's in us. He's around us. He surrounds us. But at the same time, if we don't have a moment with God, we miss. Sometimes it's the whole carpe diem, seize the moment, okay? Or understand the moment. Or know there's a moment right there that exists for some of our, we have coaches in our congregation. Those coaches know, Chip, there's a moment. Like, I, man, I can run that play. There, I'm setting I, the whole game. I've been working towards this one play. Now, here's the moment. All of a sudden, boom, it's a 47-yard touchdown pass that the other team didn't expect. Or there, or, or there's a moment, okay, in a, in, a, in a sports world. There's a moment in a relationship. There's a, a moment with a business idea. Like, uh, there, I, I should have thought of that. Why didn't I think of that, okay? Uh, Janie and I had painted years and years ago outside of houses, and, and we would take the the wire off of a paint can and I would turn it around, I would flip it this way and then I would turn it that way so that we could hang the paint can on the, on the ladder when we'd climb up the ladder. This was years ago, back when I was in my 20s, so a long, long time ago. And, and so the other day, I had to clean some gutters out, and she said, hey, the, the Lowe's has something where it's got a little chain, it's got a hook right on it, like 247, you can hang that on there. I don't have to pop the thing off. I said, man, I wish I'd have thought about that 35 years ago. This is, we would be on easy street right now. And so there's a moment. And the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16 and 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the earth, looking whom whose hearts are melted towards him so that he can bless them. And my father-in-law, who's pastored for over 60 years, would say it this way. The eyes of the Lord come with ideas, and he throws those ideas out. And sometimes a person will grab a hold of an idea, and sometimes they'll just pass on the idea. The person that grabs a hold of the idea and acts 
on the idea or the moment, okay, then that's a person that might get blessed from that moment or that idea. So what, one of the things I want to tell you is be open to what God has for you, okay? And you don't have to like super spiritualize this thing. It might be a business idea. It might be a, a business plan. It might be a, an education. It might be a, a person or relationship. There's a lot of moments that take place in our life that I believe are spurred there by God. Let's look at one in Acts, the second chapter, verses 1 uh, through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Now, these are those that 120 that were in the upper room. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and eat and rested on each one of them. And the Passion Bible in the subnote says this about verse number three. They believe, the, some theologians believe that it was the same cloud, of, uh, cloud by day and fire by night that the, uh, that the Israelites saw when they were... Uh, through the exodus out of uh, Egypt. So think about that, because why? Because there's a new beginning there. And they were filled with the whole, all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so we see this is the adaptation of the first century church. This is the new beginning. This is a moment right here. Well, what are some of the things that happened in this moment? They were obedient to Jesus. They went to the upper room. They were together, okay? They were all all in one accord. They were all in agreement. They all walked in unity. And so, again, let me speak to families for a second. One of the mantras, one of the bylines of mine and Janie's family is that we would walk together in unity. We would walk this thing out together. That doesn't mean that wasn't some painful trying times or some uh, deep financial places or things that maybe didn't work out the way that we had hoped them. But when we stuck it out together in unity, the Bible says in Psalms one. 33, where there's unity, God commands the blessing, even life evermore. And so then there's a blessing that flows with that. So there's a moment there. There's a, there's a moment of, of decision. There's a moment of, of making there that takes place. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Dave Green, and he used to work for uh, a Midwestern uh, stores that were called TG&Y. Anybody know TG&Y? Ever heard of TG&Y? Uh, one back there. Neil, of course, you're old, so you would. Janie, because she's from the Midwest, not because she's old. And Pam, because she's from Michigan. So, but TG&Y stores were like, they were kind of like a craft hobby store, okay? And, and, they, uh, and so they would go, and Dave Green was one of their representatives, and he became a, a regional manager. And, but Dave Green was like a solid Christian, like he loved God. And so he went to the, the upper management at TG&Y and said, hey, we, we, I would love to uh, be off on Sundays. I want to take my family to church. No, this is our situation. Uh, you can rotate, but you're going to have to work the Sundays that you're supposed to work. And, and he had a moment. He had a moment right then and there. And he said, Lord, if you would ever allow me to start a business, I will not let that business be open on, on Sundays. I don't care how trying it is or how how much of the effort there is. I'm not going to be open on Sunday. Well, Dave Green started a company called Hobby Lobby, <laughs> which isn't open on Sunday. And Hobby Lobby actually put TG&Y out of business. 
And I know for a fact, because I know certain people, that Dave Green gives tens of millions of dollars a year to Christian organizations, Christian universities, and to uh, different uh, affiliated churches. So he, he and, and Hobby Lobby is not open on Sunday. Now, this is not a plug for Hobby Lobby. Shop wherever you want. I'm just saying he had a moment, and in his moment, right, he, like that first year, he wasn't given tens of millions of dollars away. He would, maybe was just trying to meet, but he refused to be open on Sunday. And again, if you have to work on Sunday, this is not a, a conviction or a condemnation that you shouldn't work on Sunday. You do as the Lord leads you, okay? I'm just giving you his moment. His moment was if I can get to the place where I want to start a business and if I can start that business, I will not be open on Sundays, much like Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays. And their accountants told them, I heard this from Dan Cathy himself, their accountants told him they would make 20% more if they were all open on Sundays. And he says, well, that's a pretty good tithe. We'll just give 20% away to the Lord by being closed on Sunday. So here's the deal that you look for a moment. Right there, the Holy Spirit gave them a moment. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The seven assets or attributes of the Holy Spirit, one of them is wisdom. He will give you wisdom on how to handle things, how to walk through things. We prayed that over our young families. Give them wisdom on how to raise their children. Give them wisdom in their finances and their relationships and the, and the power that, Lord, you've given them. Amen? So there's a moment in time, and then a moment goes to a movement. And we see this in Acts, the second chapter. There's a movement that takes place. Peter gets baptized with the Holy Spirit. He gets filled. They come down. They're thinking these guys are drunk. He said, no, we're not drunk as it is the third hour of the day. It would have been 9 o'clock in the morning. Their day started at 6 a.m. And so he's telling them about that Christ crucified, the Christ that you killed, the Christ that you sacrificed on the cross. He's, about, he's, been, he's been risen from the dead. The, the tomb is empty. He's alive. And now we're preaching him and we're baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit and, we're, and we're, we're telling people about Jesus and that movement began because every time you have a moment, anytime you have a moment, there is a movement that is getting ready to follow. It could be uh, two people saying, I do, and all of a sudden there's a, a movement. Kids are following. Again, like we saw at dedication, there could be a time where you started that business. There was a moment. All of a sudden now there, there's just a movement. We don't know or can't necessarily predict movements, but we saw that with Rosa Parks in 1955 when she would not give up the back seat of the bus. She would not give her seat up, and she got arrested. We saw that with Martin Luther King Jr. on the Mall at uh, 1963 when he said, I have a dream. We saw it with John F. Kennedy when he said, we're going to put a man on the moon. Do you understand the reason he put a man on the moon is the very reason we have cell phones today and satellite dishes and all. There was not a race necessarily, but it was to benefit the people that were going to live another 30, 40, 50, 60 years later. It becomes a moment, turns into a movement. Whenever you have a movement, there's something that's really cool. And it doesn't have to be something super large or super long or super big, but it could be cool just to kind of follow. Brian Polk is uh, one of our executive pastors. He plays the guitar and he's just a really great guy. He, he told me, this is maybe a year ago or so, uh, my our daughter Jill lives in Omaha, and, and she does a, a Facebook kind of party watch during the COVID, and, and uh, different she'd send out different people, and we were talking about our our uh, Haiti orphanage, 
and uh, supporting there. And so he said, hey, I got a check from, uh, and he was almost embarrassed to say the name. And I said, uh, who, he'll sometimes tell me who he gets a check from, but not the amount. Sometimes he'll tell me an amount of a check, but not who it's from. It's to keep accountability uh, within our organization. And he said, I got, I got a check from uh, somebody named Annie Fanny. I said, Annie Fanny Sunshine? He said, yeah, Annie Fanny Sunshine. I said, that's Janie's cousin. He said, oh, well, it's for, it's for, the, uh, it's for uh, Hope for Haiti. It's for the orphanage, whatever. And uh, I kind of laughed about it. I was telling Janie about it. And I remembered back two and a half years ago that we were in a, a resort in central Missouri on the Ozarks. I don't know if you've ever been to the Ozarks. Beautiful area. And we're walking into this uh, nice resort. And uh, Janie and I were going to stay there for a couple nights on our way to Omaha for our uh, anniversary. And we're walking into their uh, kind of their gift shop. And there's a big display right in the middle. And it said, Annie Fanny Sunshine. And she said, that's my cousin. And I said, no, it's not. That's your cousin. <laughs> like, you're not related to everybody. And she said, yeah, that's Annie. I said, Annie who? Annie Fanny. I said, no, 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 Annie Fanny. <laughs> I said, Janie and her have the same name. Janie's maiden name is Annette Jordan, and Annie's name is Annette Jordan. And she said, no, that's Annette Jordan. I said, no. She said, yeah, this is, she's, I hooked up with her on Instagram, and she's got this, she, she does, um, she does like holistic oils and, 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 uh, lip balm and different like sunscreen and different stuff and they had a big beautiful presentation then she showed me Janie showed me that then she's in Walmart and it's like wow it's Annie Fanny something else and then then we go into a grocery store in Omaha and there's Annie Fanny sunshine all the all the stuff is all over the place and I'm thinking you know at some point in time that moment went to a movement in Annie's life and when she, when she realized or recognized, hey, I can both help people. And then, I, by the way, I want to tell you this. She supports our orphanage, our orphanage in Haiti. Like she, she helps and she watches every Sunday. Can you just give it up for Annie, Fanny, Sunshine? Thank you, Annie, for watching every week. God bless you. Uh, we love you. We're so proud of you. And thank you for the, the work that you help us do over in Haiti. But listen, it's like it, just, it's a, it becomes a moment. There's a moment there. There's a moment where you decided to go to school. There's a moment where you decided to have kids. There's a moment where you decided to, to do whatever, to maybe change jobs. There's, there's a moment in our life, and that becomes a, a movement. Now, if we're not careful, we have to make sure that the movement in our lives don't become just something that becomes part of the motion. And out of the movement almost always becomes methods. There's methods. And in the church world, I can say this because I'm part of the church world. I'm a leader in the church world. We looked at different methods all across the time. We, we saw Sunday school, and we saw uh, choirs, and we saw children's church, and we saw then small groups and life centers. There was a time back in the 80s, every church needed a gym, okay? We, we had to go play basketball, or we had to play volleyball, and then we broke into life groups or small groups, and all of it's good. All of it's good. And then we had to get coffee shops, all right? And by the way, we have some of the coffee make, best coffee makers in this whole area at Grace Church. Give our coffee people just say, thank you, coffee people. Thank you, coffee people. I had, uh, I had one tell me in the first service, they drive 40 minutes every day, each way, uh, every Sunday for, uh, and then she said, I thought, you know, for the preaching, 
for the worship. Pastor, this cold brew is great. I drive 40 minutes every Sunday for this cold brew. I'm like, man, I thought maybe you'd say the preaching was good or, or, the, or the worship is off the charts, which it is, right? The worship is incredible at Grace Church. So, I, but it was like the coffee. And praise God. And then, then churches started church planning. Of course, they've always had missions. These are good methods. These are really good methods that we have to understand and we have to do. But listen, if a method shoots off from a moment, but that moment loses it, or from a movement, but it movement loses its moment, then the method is just something that fills time. Like if you come to church one day and you only like, I'm just being here because I have to be. You're just part of the method. In fact, there's denominations that have method on it. And I'm not knocking them because there's great people in those, in those denominations. Wonderful people. God, I mean, God-loving, God-fearful people. But if, if Grace Church, if we're not careful, we lose the moment and we lose the movement, then it just becomes a method. Well, I don't like that song. I'm not going to worship that song. Or I'm, I'm going to come in after worship. i got to make sure I get my coffee. And there's got to be a decent parking spot or I'm not going to make it. I'm just going to drive through. And all of a sudden, we've become more about the method. Let's read Acts 2, uh, 42 through 47 one more time. And they devoted themselves. So what can we learn? Devotion is a moment. That's not part of the method. Like, you can't devote yourself to something that you don't like or it'll go away really quick. Anybody ever start a diet on January 1st? 87% of you don't have it by January 10th. And some say, that long? <laughs> Why? Because it's not a true devotion. It's, it's not something that we're, we're hungry for, passionate for. These guys devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and breaking your bread. Those are methods. That's, and that's a good method. It's like, okay, man, we're going to fellowship. We're going to make bread. We're going to have communion next week. We're going to pray. Let's move to 43. And then, and awe came upon. Awe, again, is a moment. Awe is not a method. You like it, just can't, you can't act excited over and over again. Maybe once you can fake it. Do you know, like, have you ever seen people that have that fake laugh? Or the really, like, fake smile? Like, stop that. Stop faking your laugh. ha, 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 ha. Oh, stop it. Or the, the real cheesy smile, they got to look, you know, like, it's like, stop. Just be natural. Awe is the same way. Awe is a natural moment. And it came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs are being done through the apostles. That's a byproduct, by the way. That's not even a method. That's just simply a byproduct of the moment that you have with God. Verse number 44, and all who believed were together, and they had all things in common, verse 45, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, stop for a second. Let me encourage you just for a moment, because here's what I hear sometimes. Pastor, the early church, man, they had small group. They were going from house to house. Yeah, you're right. We got, we got to have small groups. Yes, yes, we do. Pastor, early church, they were worshipers, man. They, like, we need to have nights of worship. Yes, we do. I, I agree with you. Pastor, man, the early church got together and they prayed. We got to have some prayer meetings. Yeah, you're right. We, I mean, we're, gonna, we're working on that. Nobody has ever come up to me and said, Pastor, they sold everything they had and they gave it away we got to sell everything that we have and give it away. Go ahead, you be first. Let me know how that works for you. Are you with me? It's like we, nobody does that. I mean, I'll, listen, some people do. 
Robert Morris does it every 10 years. He pastors a great church in Texas. But here's what Robert Morris even says. You don't have to sell everything that you have. You just have to sell everything that the Lord wants you to. Maybe it's a piece of furniture. Maybe it's nothing at all. Maybe it's a car. Janie's given away our living room sets three or four different times. She, she has shocked me on one or two occasions when I've come home to an empty house. Or is the stuff, I'm used to it being changed. We change furniture all the time. We change houses all the time. We change cars all the time. I came home to an empty house. Where's the furniture, honey? The Lord told me to give it away. Lord tell you to check with me first? No, he didn't. <laughs> all right, well, at least you listen to the Lord. We know, who, we know who's top in your life. We want to keep it that way, but how is the Lord going to replenish the furniture. He's going to use you. <laughs> he, he told me that, and I get to pick it out. Her being I. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's go shopping. And, and every time, it seems like the Lord has blessed us in the backside for some, for some reason. Uh, it, but listen, I, let's not get hung up on certain scriptures and let the rest of them go away. Church needs prayer, right? Church needs worship. Church needs community. Church needs communion. Church needs people to be obedient that if God does tell them to do something, they need to step out in faith and do it, okay? But that's not going to be the word from this pulpit. This pulpit is going to say, listen, you, you need to hear the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to manipulate you into doing something that the Lord doesn't want you to do. Amen? Verse number 46. Day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous of heart. Again, that's a, that's a method. They're going day by day. And then verse number 47, praising God and having favor with all people. Now, again, stop for a second. You're, you can't make someone have favor on you. Like, generally, I think Chip likes me, but I can't demand Chip. Chip, you've got to start having favor with me. I mean, that doesn't work. But if, I, if I'm obedient to God, if I'm praising God, if I'm loving God, then people are naturally going to be attracted to you. Why? Because God's favor is going to rest on you, and they want to be a part of that favor. So, so it's not a method. And again, be careful. If a movement loses its moment, then it's simply just vicious repetition. It's emotion. Like, here's what I want for Grace Church, because I want it for myself. I want to come hungry to the house of God. I mean, I want to come desiring all that God has for me. And yes, God will challenge you. God will say, like, he'll lay those things out before you, and all of a sudden it's like, man, I didn't, like, I didn't know. Let me give you an example really quick. we got a couple more minutes. Can I have just a couple more minutes? Jesus never used methods in his healing. Never. Like, he, had, he did 37 miracles in the New Testament. When you, when you combine the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Luke, those are the three synoptics. In other words, they say the same story. And then you have John. Jesus never did the same miracle. Like one person to a blind person, he spoke, be healed. Another one, he spat on the ground, made mud, and be, he never did that. Like why, why didn't he just speak that? To ten lepers, he said, be whole. To another one leper, he just touched. In one town, he healed nearly everybody, the Bible says. Another town, he could hardly heal anybody. When he went to his first miracle was he made wine in, at the wedding ceremony in Canaan of Galilee, right? He turned, he turned the water into wine. Well, the next party he showed up, the disciples didn't say, hang on, we don't need your stuff. Jesus is going to make us some good stuff. We never hear about that. We never, we never read that. 
He walked on water and invited Peter to walk on water with him. Every miracle that Jesus did, he didn't follow a method. And sometimes we think, well, if I, I, my wife will tell you this. Our worship team will say, well, if we play this song, that'll jack the crowd up. Yeah, but that's, that's worshiping the worship. That's not worshiping God. And sometimes we pray out of fear, church. When we should be praying out of faith. It's like, oh, God, man, I need a job. Oh, my, my child's sick. And I'm not, listen, I'm not discounting any of that. I, I certainly don't want to be the guy that bashes because there, there will be times where fear tries to jump a hold on you. But if, if you can somehow muster through and say, no, no, my prayers are going to be prayers of faith. The ultimate faith is complete 100% trusting God. God, if this is your will, then so be it. Jesus said that himself. That's the ultimate move of faith, right? Father, not my will, but your will be done. I mean, all throughout Scripture. In fact, Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, your faith has made you whole. But there's the four friends who let down the paralytic through the ceiling. He looked at them and said, your faith has made him whole. So the, 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 these guys out there, they're saying, you don't have enough faith. No, no, no. He didn't have any faith at all. It was his friends that had the faith, according to Jesus. What am I saying? Jesus always operated in the moment. The moment became a movement. He didn't worry about the method. Why? Because he always wanted his time with God. Come on back, worship team. And when you, Grace Church, watching online, in-house, guest or visitor, VIP, whatever, if you will say, I just want a moment with God, you'll get it. And maybe it starts a movement in your life. It started a movement in my life 43 years ago. I, I wanted something more. I wanted a moment where I could, I could sense God. doesn't mean I couldn't have got it in the church that I was attending. But, but I needed something different. And I got that moment. That moment became a movement in my life. And this is why I love that, that song, The Blessing, is that I get a chance to speak into my kids' life, into their kids' life, into their generation's generation's life that I may never see or don't know yet. You get a right to speak into that. We're going to sing the song, So Will I. And it's like the, the one last thing that Jesus did is when they put him in that tomb, he came out of it. It was empty. See, he never, never repeated the same. The result was the same. He healed a blind people. In fact, when he, when he raised Dryas' daughter, he removed all the room of doubt. He said the only ones he took in there were Peter, James, and John, Dryas, uh, his wife, and the little girl, and Jesus. There were seven people in the room. He removed all the room of doubt, but yet when he healed Lazarus, he actually invited doubt into the place. Mary and Martha, were, they were the biggest doubters there. In fact, Mary at the very end, or Martha said, by now he stinks, Lord, don't, don't roll back that tomb. You're going to make a, you're just going to make, a, you're going to be embarrassed. And she said, no, watch this. Lazarus, come forth. He never, why? Because he doesn't like this methodology of here's how I need to worship or here's how I need to pray. In fact, he says about prayer, don't do vain repetitions. Don't go through the cycle. Just don't do it and be thinking of something else. Stand with me today, if you will. 
maybe you've been in church all your life, or maybe this is your first time, or maybe you're, you're like, man, I, this, I need a moment. Just bow your heads for a second, close your eyes. And maybe just today you're like, man, I, I need a moment with Jesus. You ain't having a moment with me. You're not having a moment with the person next to you. Just you want a moment with Jesus. Just close your eyes, bow your head just for one second. And while I ask this question, think about it. If you're online, just do the same thing. Just bow your eyes, close your eyes for a second. I need a moment with Jesus. I need something in my life to just totally change where it becomes a movement. If you're here today, you need a moment. Just raise your hand right up and right back down. Thank you for that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you, that hand, that hand. God bless you, that hand, yeah. Yeah, we all need moments. That's a good thing. There's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed of. Let me pray for you. And then during this next song, I want you to really concentrate on the words that these guys are singing. And I want you to receive them into your heart. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments that we have with you. Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they will not faint. So, Lord, I ask that you would just help us to wait on you. Help us to wait for that moment that in our life becomes a movement. And, Lord, we're good with the motions. We're good with the methods. But let's not, help us not to idolize the way it gets done, but who it gets done for. We love you and bless you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship one more time. Thanks for coming out.
message. Give it up for Pastor Mark. I think one of my favorite parts is, I think if we make our method into spending a few moments with Jesus every single day or every single week, then it becomes a movement. So if you make your method a moment, it becomes a movement. So I say everyone this week, just take a few moments and just spend a little time with Jesus and then bring it back next Sunday. And then it will go all throughout Hickory in a big movement. So let's close in prayer. Thank you guys so much. Dear God, we thank you for this day. Um, We thank you for each and every person who came out today, God. I pray that you would just um, go with each and every one of us, God. Uh, Be with us through this week. Uh, Just bless everyone who's here today, God, and bring them back next week. Um, And thank you, Jesus, for your blood and your cross. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.